All right, so welcome to the One Love Massive Podcast Network. We can call it a network now, right? There's a few things going on, right? Right on. So, yeah, welcome to the One Love Massive Podcast Network. So, this podcast is going to be a little bit about something that I know is going to work out for a lot of people who are listening to this because I'm betting that a lot of you out there who listen to this podcast are artists. And this podcast is going to be all about what it takes to maintain a career in the arts. It's not easy. You gotta work hard at it. And it's just, it's, it's a lot of work. Um, so this one, one, this podcast is Massive Struggle. Welcome. Um, I'm here with uh, Gigi Holiday. What, um, what? The struggle is real. The struggle is real. And um, <laughs> as well, Ms. Molly Rulin, who everybody knows already. So let's, uh, Gigi, tell us, uh, give me your resume. What it is that you do, what you're doing right now. Uh, I am actually a burlesque performer. Uh, you may have seen me at Laboom Brunch or Laboom Boom Room, Howard Theater, Chocolate City Burlesque and Cabaret, Naked Girls Reading. I am also the co-producer of the Capital City Burlesque and Vaudeville Festival that's coming um, 4th of July weekend of 2017. But not only am I a burlesque teacher, I'm also... A dance teacher to three, to, <laughs> to three to uh, fourteen-year-olds. Uh, uh, I also teach fitness at the YMCA. I used to work at Vita Fitness at the front desk. Um, I'm also actually also a delivery person for Postmates. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I'm the entertainment director of Laboom Brunch. And I also own my own burlesque studio. Uh, I I do a lot. So that's pretty much half of what we're trying to talk about here. <laughs> yeah. And it shows that it's not easy. You've got to hustle to have this hustle. job, to have this career. And everybody here knows Molly's resume, I'm sure. But tell us exactly what it is that you would say you do these days. Um, These days, I think, uh, you know... Booking agent, uh, production company, you know, um, boss, leader, den mother, head shit starter. You know, head right shit on, right starter, on. I yeah, love it. Definitely. Um, you know, uh, my, I feel like my job title changes daily, to be honest. Right on, right on. So just for way of introduction, my name's Clay, and I produce... Classical and tambourine music concerts, and I have a company called Join the Circus Productions, putting on art classes around town. Um, so anyway, let's get a little bit more into this. Um, so, Gigi, I'm sure a lot of what it is that you do is not your art. Um, I mean, you manage yourself, right? Yes, I manage myself, uh, and I'm a lot to handle. Uh, it, it takes a while for me to answer emails because I'm normally on a conference call or teaching. Or driving, postmates. Uh, <laughs> um, I manage myself, and it's wait. What was how much question? do you time? How much time do you spend during the week? You know, doing management tasks, admin tasks, stuff like that, as opposed to actually working on your art. Oh gosh, it's almost a twenty four seven job. You're sitting there answering emails at two a.m. when you should be sleeping or eating. Um, sometimes I'm answering emails in the middle of a gig. Like, right when I'm about to go on stage, I'm sending something. A lot of, it's, it's a lot of admin work. 
just to make the art happen. And I have a half-finished rhinestone bra at home. <laughs> that's how you know it's bad. The, yeah, that's, that's how you know. Marker it's, right there. You know when it's half, when one cup and only half cup of that titty is that is done, and you still have more to do, but you're worried about the 150 emails that you have that are unopened because one of them may have the money for your next, like yeah. for rent next month. For the other. Half of yeah, the for the other, half. the other half of the bra, yeah. Yeah, for the other half of the bra. That's the perfect way to explain it. Like, I am a You're constantly fighting for the other half, half of the bra, of the bra right? I'm constantly fighting for it. But it's just a lot of admin work. And even working with booking agents uh, yeah. and, and, and trying to get gigs. Right. Tim still likes to party. <laughs> my dress still like to party. So he's answering the emails while they still like to party. Um, but yeah. And Molly, you uh, you and I are both more on the administrative side of this whole business here. Um, so pretty much all we do is the stuff that she's talking about, right? For now. sure. That's pretty much it. Yeah. Um, but. That being said, though, I mean, there's there's parts of it that, you know, that make it worth it. The things that we do that in the end you can see the effects of your of your work put on stage. You know, what would you say would be like the percentage of time you spend doing tangentiary stuff that's not related to putting things on stage? I mean, you know, a majority of the time is spent, yeah, it, it's very, it's like 90% uh, lead up and 10% action, you know. Um, yeah. But, you know, the, and it's also like 90% work and like 10% profit, right? So it's like, you know, you, you really got into be into it for other reasons than money. And, and you hope that, you know, one day you get the formula right and you, and you can make some money and you, and you don't have to like stress about shit all the time. But. You know that's not really a realistic goal for for anybody. You know what I mean? Like it, it, it can't be why you do what you do every day just for money. You know, mm -hmm. no matter how much or how how little you make. Um, uh, and so, you know, it's really worth it though. Like you know what I mean? Like the the ninety percent, you know, for for the you know couple hours, oh, yeah, for sure, for sure, uh, or or ten minutes even of you know. Uh, you know, of making making finishing what it is that you put all this work into, yeah. seeing it happen is is where where well, the satisfaction comes in, and not even necessarily the completion of things, but you know, like for example, last night we were here uh, rehearsing for Feel the Love next week, and uh, you know they were just in there like jamming out, and Mike was engineering and had the camera on them, and they were just practicing, and it was just amazing. Like I was so happy to have created an environment where that kind of creation could take place. So easily you know um for the creative community and and so that makes the you know 28 days a month that i worry about mm -hmm. the rent money all worth it you know but it sounds it sounds like you are as happy as to have created the atmosphere and the place in in this building we're in right now as you are about anything else like that's yeah. like creating the atmosphere for creativity is as important as creating this as a business for yourself most definitely, I, I I like to say that I stretch canvases. You know, uh, that that's that's, that's a, a great, oh, that is a great, great analogy. way to put it. Yeah. 
you know. Um, and it's important, you know what I mean? You got to have a canvas to paint on, you know what I mean? You got to have a stage to play on. Um, but, you know, uh, my, whenever I see, like, the, the pinnacle, when I imagine, like, my, my greatest success, you know, when I, when I it, for me, it's a very specific dream. It's always me standing stage right by myself in between some curtains, looking, you know, past the band and looking at a sea of people connected and feeling part of something and feeling happy. Uh-huh. And to me, that's, that's like... That's that's you know that's it, man. You know what I mean. It's not you know about you know being surrounded by people or getting any sort of credit or anything like that. It's just always uh, you know having the ability to bring together a lot of people to feel connected to one each one, one another at the same time. So um, you know that that you know that canvas stretching for mm-hmm. me is, is 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 awesome, and it, I don't care if it comes with money or or fame. In fact, I would. I wouldn't mind a little bit of money, but I don't really want the fame, you know. You know, I've I've heard a lot of a lot of people who are in art and art administration kind of talk about the same thing. Like they have a very specific idea of what their end game is. Like it's not an end game, like in, in like where you're gonna end up as far as how you're gonna retire, shit like that. But more like what it is that makes you do this, and yeah. like that's what it is. That you know, that's where where it's at for you. I mean, for I sure. I definitely agree to seeing. You know, seeing that, that that's where you want to want to wind up and seeing those kind of things, is, it makes it all worth it. It makes it hard. Gigi, you have something like that? I do, actually. Um, in the burlesque world, we like, you know, we have our burlesque celebrities, celebrities um, and me and my business partner, who's also my best friend, Indiana Jules. Um, that's awesome. Man. Yeah, I, she loves Harrison Ford. Right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and. She calls herself, and because she is Japanese, she calls herself the ninja of burlesque. Because she's like, I'm going to do everything the behind the scenes to make that shit happen. And that brings some beauty and joy to my life. And we have this thing in Seattle called BurleyCon, which is a huge burlesque conference. And there's a, a person there named Jen Capay. She's not a performer. She's the behind the scenes person. And me and Jules are sitting there fangirling over this person because we like they make they make shit happen behind the scenes. We would be nothing if it was there. And everyone's just like, oh yeah, you know, Jenga Bay. And me and Jules are just holding each other like they are our favorite person in the entire world because you need those behind the scene things mm-hmm. to make stuff happen. Even me as a burlesque teacher or just a dance teacher in general, that behind the scenes work shows on stage. So. Your name is out there time and time again without your name being put in, in lights. Right. And it's such a beautiful thing. Oh, my God. Stretching the canvas. That's, it's very prosaic, right? Oh, my God. <laughs> prosaic and poetic, for sure. I'm about to start saying, I'm about to stretch this canvas. Come on, <laughs> ladies, in five, six, seven, eight. <laughs> Got your new line. You can use yeah. that. Yeah. You can totally use that. <laughs> Thank you, Molly. Transferable. Transferable. Um, so yeah, one of the, one of the things I was thinking about trying to do this and getting a little bit more, we're going to get deep for a second here. Oh, we need a deep sound. Like a depth charge. deep sound put in there somewhere? very white and go deep? If you can pull that off, that's I deep. you can call Barry. That's deep. They don't Hit call me up. sir the drive-thru for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's I'm saying, it's going to be tough. It's not going to be easy to do. And if we able to bring that voice back, I'm just saying, I'll be like, it's been real, you guys. So the question that I have that I wanted to pose to you is something that I think about occasionally. Um, so when did you 
feel comfortable in calling yourself an artist? Probably about a year ago. That's what I thought you'd probably say. <laughs> Something after you've been at it for a good 10 years. Yeah, like yeah. I've been doing burlesque for six years, going on seven. I started doing it, you know, like, as my career, as my job, as the thing that pays the bills. Are you financially solely reliant on your art? I am financially solely reliant on my art with myself. <laughs> you know, I have no family that can be like, can I get a couple of hundred dollars from my family? <laughs> no. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's, uh, go back to the question. Uh, my question was. I've been drinking Jameson, <laughs> so. When Shout was it? To our sponsors, Jameson. <laughs> We're sponsored by Jameson here, for sure. We are, um, actually. I know. I, from I, Costco. I saw that. Shout out Life to Costco. Goal. <laughs> Life goals. <laughs> It's a step in the right direction. It is. Yeah, for sure. My ancestors are like, finally, this broad's pulling She's her weight. fucking tightening up. <laughs> tightening up, finally. <laughs> Seriously, like, get it together. Nice work, nice work. The question was, <laughs> when was it, so... Oh, yeah, a year when ago. When was it you wanted to call yourself, you, you felt comfortable calling a, yourself an artist? A year ago, and it was when I got to see my body of work on display. Um, I've had graduate students do documentaries on me and it wasn't until the most recent documentary um from Mimi Dumois uh she's a very French last name uh Mimi if you listening girl thank you boo you ain't your crew uh <laughs> but they came to uh Capitol Hill Arts Workshop <laughs> shout out to Cha uh and they did this commercial and apparently they played it for their class, and the teacher remembered my voice from a previous documentary. And he said, let's follow and see what she's doing now. And it was super cool for him to remember my voice, remember who I am, and go, what is she up to now? Because when she first did this, she just lost her job. And what is her, what is her next step? And watching it, and watching myself in my own apartment that paid for, you know, that I paid for with my boobs, <laughs> and my tassel twirling. True, true, and yeah. true and honesty. Shout out to honesty. <laughs> and you know, watching it and going, this is my art and this is my world. I'm an artist. This is this is me. So I, it, it took somebody else's validation to kind of make you feel that way. I've so I, I struggle yeah. with this question a lot because it feels like it. It kind of seems pretentious to me. It does, and and just not even watching it, watching my burlesque friend share it on social media, quoting me, it hit. It was like, I'm an artist. All right, what do I do with this? Um, and you're right. It does feel presumptuous to be like, it took someone else valuing my work. It's almost a thing where you have to be dead in order for your, your pain. No, I totally agree with you. I feel like <laughs> until somebody pays you, I don't know, I just feel like until somebody pays me for something that I made, it does. That's, exactly. Well, I'll, I'll, and then the irony in that is like, depending on which artist community you're in, like if you're a graffiti artist and someone pays you to do graffiti, you're actually not a graffiti artist anymore. You're a sellout. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. True. Like that's straight true. up. That's like one of the, like, depending on which code of, I guess, you know, yeah. street art you. So really, like, the defining. You know, factors of on the what, discipline what for sure. Is, you know, it totally depends on the discipline. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm a pottery teacher, 
so I mean, if, if that's my chosen form of art, and until I sell something or something like that, I don't even know. Even if I did, I still would feel a little bit pretentious saying that I'm an artist um, because I spend more of my time making it happen. I'm a facilitator. I feel like um, I don't know. Artists, do you dis- art. I mean, Molly, do you disagree? Do you? I mean, I do. you agree? Is like it, I, I. Uh, do you feel I'm like an you're an artist? Absolutely. My my artistry is business. Yes. I need to start thinking like you. Uh, you know? Shout out to my friend Jezebel Von Jane, who said, I mind my business and my business is show business. Right. <laughs> you know? And that's what it is. You just said, like, I am an artist. My art is business. It is, you know? I mean, you got to finagle some things. I mean, exactly. Well, and it's a, an expression of myself. You know, I do business the way, the, the way that I, I want to do business. You know, I, uh, I um, question everybody and everything relentlessly. Um, I hold everybody to like a unrealistic uh, level of accountability and like unrealistically high expectations, but I hold myself to those as well. So I only uh, expect and kind of demand that from from everyone around me, which, uh, you know, it's a hard road principle over circumstance. But at the end of the day, like I am an artist, you know. Um, at the end of the day, like, I, I, I go home with paint on my hands sometimes. Like, I, uh, create and buy stretch canvases, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, you know, environments are, are, you know, um, and, and, and I know I'm an artist because I, I've done other jobs and I wasn't an artist, you know what I mean? And, and you know really quickly. Mm-hmm. Um. What are the jobs you've had? Oh, man. I don't think we have enough time. Let's give, <laughs> give us, give us, give us the highlights. Give us um, the highlights. I was in real estate finance for 13 years. Um, uh, early childhood education one and two certified. I have five. Yes, early childhood education. <laughs> sorry, I could be a preschool teacher. Uh, is what that means. I have five hundred classroom hours with special needs kids. I was a business manager for Toyota. I was a uh, uh, professional traveler for a year. I um, let's see, <laughs> I've had so many fucking jobs. It's ridiculous. <laughs> but real estate finance was the the main gig i got into that pretty young and i i excelled in that uh i i do well in chaos um and so i i was really good at that job um but once i realized that uh you know i decided that i didn't want to be a part of the problem uh and i feel like in life you're either part of the problem or you're part of the solution it's like really really simple um and if you you know uh not everybody in the mortgage lending business is uh shyster but a large majority of them are uh they tanked our entire economy and i watched it go down um and i got into it such a young age that i didn't realize what was going on but then once i fully like understood all of it i was like oh hell no get me out of this uh and i had a couple spinal surgeries in uh 06 09 i was born with a rare congenital disease wasn't supposed to live more than 20 years and got a bunk spine so between having surgeries, yeah, exactly. I'm I'm 20 years uh, on borrowed time, so you know, don't believe doctors. That's the that's the message um, that I'm trying to give you. But uh, yeah, I mean, once once you question, uh, you know, your existence on the planet, while you why you're here, what what are you really doing? And I just decided I didn't want to be a part of the problem anymore. There's a legitimate, legitimately, like you could open up a newspaper and within 30 seconds be upset about 10 things, like, and you should be upset about all 10 of those things, maybe more. Um, and we're bombarded with all this craziness. You know, you're scrolling on Facebook and you're like, horrible information. You're like, that's crazy. And then you just like scroll, oh, look, a puppy. <laughs> <laughs> and you scroll. Send me pictures of kittens. So, and you know, and you're like, it's just, 
It's also overwhelming, and there's not enough like connecting with people. There's not enough bringing people together. There's not enough unification. And uh, music and marijuana are the two greatest equalizers on the planet. <laughs> yes. Uh, I, I wasn't allowed to say that until they made it legal. But yes, until music and ago, marijuana. Yeah. Sorry, mom, but you got to get on board. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, those are the two greatest equalizers. I decided I wanted to. Uh, Bring people together. I mean, music starts revolutions, man. Like, music saves everything. Like, art makes everything better. Like, art, uh, look, like these matches say, without music, life would be a mistake, you know? Like, yeah. And, uh, and I absolutely believe that. So, no, I, I, I definitely agree with what you're saying for sure. Like, it, it, um, it, what am I trying to say? It sounds like you're saying that, you know, you, you do, what you do so you can, I don't know what you're going to say, DG. I'm sorry, I'm lost for a sec. No, it's perfectly fine. I, I totally coming, know where you're coming from, Molly. Um, I used to do aviation background checks. That's what I did when I just got out of college. Uh, the company was started after 9-11 because of 9-11. And I remember being there waiting. And I mean... <coughs> we're watching the news and we go, well, shit, Virginia Tech just had this thing. How do we bank on getting background checks done for certain things? Oh, shit, you know, uh, Boston happened. How do we do this? How do we do that? <coughs> and we're literally just trying to find disasters. Ways to make money off of yep. disaster. We're waiting for a disaster. And it sucked. And so... When they let me go, because they gave me a severance package, my 401k, they gave me all my money. When they let me go, I just didn't want to wait on the next disaster. Yeah. I wanted to create <coughs> like experiences. And I just kept wanting to create experiences. And with Burlesque, I create an experience. Um, with Laboom, I create a party experience. Coming to a dance class, I'm creating experience. I'm fully aware that what I sell is sex and sexy. Well, mostly sexy. Mm -hmm. That makes people happy. Right. You know, I'm glad I am in someone's spank bank. Good for them. <laughs> Good for them. You want to know why? I've made them happy, and that makes me happy. Right. I'm not waiting on the next disaster. I'm not waiting for the shoe to fall off the other foot, if that's what I'm going to look at it. I'm with it, man. I mean, so many of our industries... You know, it's it's a fine line when you're a business owner and you're an employee, you see different perspectives and anytime your business gets bigger, you have to streamline things and then you start to lose you lose the quality, you know, you lose the uh you know, the intention, you lose a lot of what, you know, really mattered about that business. And so I empathize with people, you know, it's like that company, they were selling you know, flood insurance or whatever it is they're selling. Yeah. And it's like, it's not a bad thing to sell, man. Like it's, but, but then, yeah, when all of a sudden now your business is bigger and you have all this overhead and you have to make a certain amount of money and you have to hit quotas. So then you do have to look for disasters in order to pay those bills. Cause ultimately the bigger you get, the more expensive. So it's just like, you know, it's, you know, which came first. It's just a, it's a tricky cycle. And same with, with entertainment, you know, you yeah. look at festivals, they get bigger and everybody complains that they've sold out, but it's like, Dude, do you know how hard it is and how expensive it is to throw a festival? Like, you know, you get some corporate sponsors. Now they're starting to, like, dictate what's happening. I mean, nothing is as simple as it seems because, like, unfortunately, money moves the world around. So then 
when there's big money involved, like conversations are different. Different people are sitting at the table, and that's that's how this world is built. So it's exactly it's so difficult to like understand that and like avoid it, and but then like play it to your advantage, like. Uh, like on you know like stand up comedians are some of the most important people in the world. Yes, you know like yes. what you just said, like making people happy. I mean, art makes people. I mean, you could you know put graffiti on like a bombed out building and it could make someone smile. I mean, look at Banksy. Look at the shit he's done out of like okay. ruin to send a message. You know, like it's it's uh it's so important. I I tell artists all the time. You know, and, and people same thing like. If you've ever thought, like, man, I want to throw a festival or I could do a better job than this, like, dude, you're fucked, man. Like, you have to do that because most people don't go to festivals and think, man, I I, I want to do this. Most so people don't even think about how much work goes into it. Never mind, know how much work goes into it, it and then wants to do it, right? Oh, my god! So just, like, mo- like I don't want to do burlesque. Right like, I can't. No, yeah. I would be terrible at that. People <laughs> no, would be like, you what? wouldn't. No, I would. I'd be, <laughs> I'd be ridiculous. You should be in Spa World with that little fucking towel. It's like a glimpse into how awkward I am. But trust me. I, no, but like it's important, you know, stand-up right. community. It's important. Like it's so, so important, especially now, you know, especially now. Like I'm putting on a burlesque festival. That is too much. <laughs> you realize how much is needed what is needed? Right. Will you guys come to the festival? Okay, sure. You don't want to come. I don't know what to tell you other than these are our headliners and this is what we're putting forward and we're trying our best. We are, we are mortals trying to do immortal shit. Why don't you tell them when this that's gonna be? Uh, what should let us be, know? You have to use your superpowers to. Yeah. Yeah. yeah June thirtieth. Where? July second uh, or third. I can't remember. Um. Anyway, late June, early July. Yeah, yes. should do right. It's going to be Fourth of July weekend. Where? Twenty seventeen in Washington D.C. We are going to have one of our shows at Gallery on O, which is on H Street. Uh, that's confusing. Uh, it's going to be Thursday. I know, isn't Why it? Why isn't it Gallery on H then? It I is Gallery know. on H, no man. It is no, Gallery, it's Gallery on H. O on H. Gallery O on H. Oh. Yeah. yeah, Gallery yeah. O on oh, H. Oh, it's a hot, it's a hot Thurs- mess, but yeah. it is Gallery yeah. O on H. I and think. the Thursday show is going to oh. have fire and shit. And then we have uh, our other two shows are going to be at the Black Cat. And it's our, you know, Slipper Room Speakeasy and our Gaiety Gala. Slipper Room Speakeasy, so much burlesque. Gaiety Gala, so much like vaudeville. Gaiety Gala. Well, because the Gaiety was a theater here in D.C. that uh, had burlesque. And so was the Silver Slipper. Oh, yeah, those are great names. Exactly, and apparently, uh, family fun fact: uh, my grandfather may have visited a lot. <laughs> <of these. laughs> Look at that! Clubs. It's in your genes. It is, and even like the Howard Theater. While that may not have been that moment where I thought I was an artist, Clay, <laughs> it was that moment of just like, oh shit, my titties just did some awesome ass shit. <laughs> I was one of the first burlesque performers back on the Howard Theater stage in sixty years. That's amazing. And my mother was there, and it was like February 17th, so it was like Black History Month. My mom is there, and it's just like, both of my pasties popped off at the Howard Theater. And that's like the full house. You pulled it all together. Everything happened all at once. Black (laughs) History Month, mom and dad are in the crowd. (laughs) Not my dad. Oh, God. Not dad. Not dad. Not dad. Dad Dad just only likes to see the before pictures in the evening out and doesn't want to see anything else. 
what do um what does the family think about the whole thing anyway? I mean, it's I gotta say, Gigi, I have known you mostly as the teacher of three year olds. Oh my gosh, the little babies! I love their little. But at the same bastards. time, though, I mean, I've seen numerous times your show. I mean, I've I've seen a you lot of Gigi's boobs before. You stumbled upon them, haven't I you? I have stumbled upon them. You yes. and uh, another employee of Chaw always stumbled upon my performances. <laughs> sounds like it sounds like stumbling. It's yeah. a pattern. A pattern. Uh, it is. <laughs> is that uh, what that is? To the point we had to teach my oldest nephew my stage name. Oh, you had to pull that out. Oh, wow. We actually had to finally tell him when he turned 21 because we were like, he's fine, he's 18. He turned 21. We went, so we need to sit you down. That's uncomfortable. Uh, <laughs> and come to find out, I performed at one place the day before. He went to go rap at that same place. And he saw my face like in a poster. He was like, that's, that's my aunt. <laughs> and was telling his friends, like, move fast, move fast, move fast. But um, <laughs> it was so funny. I was like, oh, my God. This kid's going to awesome. stumble. Uh, wait, what was the question again? <laughs> Shit, this is the third time I've said that. Some good Jameson. Uh, good Jameson. Special blend. Special blend of Jameson. Shout out to yeah. our sponsors, Jameson. <laughs> Jameson Whiskey. Brought to you what by was the question again? Irish people. What's their... They have a thing? They have a thing. It's, uh, I don't know. It, you know, I heard... I like Jameson. I, I love Jameson. It's good. John Jameson might not have been the most upstanding citizen in the world. You know, there isn't like a uh, slogan. <laughs> there isn't a slogan for Jameson. It doesn't need one. It's so good. Wait, what is the question again? Oh, I'm sorry. I was conversing you were silently like, with our, our uh, given rhythm our nation fine. Janet Jackson formation. We I was doing the hand jive actually. Do the hand jive. Doing the hand jive. Something. Olivia Newton John. <laughs> I bet you know the hand jive, don't you? I actually do as a dance teacher. I, I thought you did. So you met me as a as a dance teacher and stumbled upon my performances. Yeah, I mean, pretty much. I think the first time I actually saw you after we met was when you performed at Red Rocks and I was tending bar there. Yes, I, I got think booked. That was when I saw you, and I was like, "Holy shit!" I got booked for a those kids, and that's her boobs, and I was like, "All right." A bridal, yeah, like yeah. like a wedding shower. Yeah, exactly. Was. It was a I, wedding shower. It was a wedding shower. I performed for some weird, wacky stuff. I'm not gonna like. Lie. What's the craziest one? A baby shower. A baby shower. Uh, a baby shower. But they I'm did. I'm not even gonna go to the places. That uh, I can go a with wedding. That. I performed at a wedding. Uh, you just wear all white and look sparkly, and they just think it's beautiful, which is great. And it was because apparently the couple met at a burlesque show, and I was one of the performers. Oh, it's full circle. Full circle. Full circle. Um, and I don't know. I just performed. I would have to say the weirdest job that I've ever had outside of performing to help me pay the bills. <clears throat> Working a New Jersey inauguration after Agent Orange was inaugurated. Wait, what? So, <laughs> the inauguration <laughs> party for Agent Orange. Oh, wow. But New Jersey was the state that put it together. There's a lot of bad things. Bad things bad. that are weird about that that I really can't enumerate right now. Uh, it but was. if it I was, thought about it for a while, I'd be really offended. I was. We didn't know. What it was, they just said New Jersey inauguration party, and then we realized how many Agent Orange supporters would be there. And that was the weirdest and the toughest 
cheers for taking their money. Yeah, I mean, thank that's, you. That's all right. That's and, something. It's a step in the right direction. And it was also weird being like the only brown person that was like hired. And what I did was like I helped them do paint by numbers, and it was great. It was definitely a learning lesson. But but this is what I learned. Oh, white men love me. Aren't don't you have? Aren't you the booker leader of your own only? Ladies of color, what's the word for it? Uh, uh, yeah, so troop. So there are two uh, people of color, performers of color, uh, items in Washington D.C. Uh, for burlesque. There is another one for hooping. Look up Zuzu Hoop. I think is their name. Wonderful girls. Wonderful. But uh, I'm a member of Chocolate City Burlesque and Cabaret, which is D.C.'s only black burlesque troupe. Uh, we always have shows at the gala. And then I produce Chocolate Lounge, which is primarily for performers of color. So you can be Latina, you can be um, Japanese, you can be, you know, Puerto Rican, you can be a mix of all of these beautiful things and be on, put on the stage. So it's to show the diversity of what burlesque is. Burlesque is, has not always been in, you know, all white thing. Right. You know, burlesque, especially American burlesque, started one of the ingredients to American burlesque is actually minstrel shows. The character of it all. And if you go to Burlesque Hall of Fame, I think someone told me, they was just like, yeah, they have a picture of someone in blackface, but they don't tell you why. And I was like, oh, it's because of the minstrel show. And I knew the reasoning. They were like, how do you know all that? I was like, well, burlesque is my job, so I need to study all the time and research all the time. But it's just, I've performed everywhere. And I've done some great, great performances and not so great performances. <laughs> like, there are some flops. But you know what? You all learn from your art. What's the best one? What's the one that you think back and say, okay, that's that was the best one? Oh, I think right now my current season of art. This is my... Because it only makes sense that you're getting better as you go. Yeah, this is my sixth year of art uh, of this project that is Gigi Holiday. It's my sixth year of art. And I am... There's one act that is completely covered in rhinestones that I love called Vintage Love. Um, I dedicated it to Duke Ellington uh, and Coltrane because it's too in a cinema to me. Sparkly to the gods. Amazing. Beautiful. Beautiful. Everything's great. And then I have one act where there are no rhinestones on anything, and it is the hoodest, hip-hopest thing, and that is to Nicki Minaj's Anaconda. And I even pour water on myself <laughs> to just make it extra strippery. And it's my highest tipped and well-loved. Like, when DJs tell me, I yeah, hate the song Anaconda, but you make me love the song Anaconda when you perform to it. I like strippery. Stri- it's Stripper so strippery. Like I have the stripper slingshot. That them chicks at Stadium probably got shout out to Stadium. <laughs> yeah. I have my birthday party there. Let a bitch know. Did I get a free VIP? I'll show my booty. You're like I'll dance. I will dance at Stadium. <laughs> have you seen those girls? They have garbage bags full of money. Yes. Garbage bags. Difference between a stripper and a burlesque dancer, strippers can pay their rent on time. 
where where Holla. do you place that difference? Like you personally, where do you see it? I mean, I think that there there's going to be a really wide spectrum of people who have thoughts on this matter. Like burlesque versus stripping, is it, is it different? Like how do you, where do you put that line? There is no line for me. We're all selling the same thing. You both like, there is no line for me. Even though people want to draw the line, there is no line. You know, you have you talk about sex work, you have prostitution burlesque stripping like taking off your clothes like it's lumped in one thing for me other performers may think totally differently and that's fine but when you go to a strip club there is some artistry there and that artistry definitely stemmed from burlesque even there there was like burlesque go-go dancing straight up strip club that's the timeline of it so, I love strippers because I am one. And, like, I get it. They're selling something differently than what I'm selling. I'm selling you. We're both selling you the fantasy. But we're also, you know, burlesque performers may be selling you the fantasy in a story. Whereas strippers are selling you that fantasy in that night. And guess what? Both of them can blend beautifully because that's what Anaconda is for me. I'm selling you stripper fantasy this night this one moment this is some shit you're never gonna see ever again hence the water on my body hence me strong hip-hop move so much twerking and ass shaking <laughs> upside down flipping myself having a great time <laughs> and you're watching the audience lose their shit and i get so turned on and so happy that they're losing their shit i've literally like, I have a tip jar, and literally people are just stuffing 20s. And I'm like, why are you stuffing these 20s? And they're like, dude, I know I will never go anywhere and see that shit. Like, this is it. And I was like, dope. I don't do Anaconda that much anymore. It's like a special occasion when I do it. Because I'm like, also, I'm, my bones are going to hurt afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's not easy. It's not easy. It's. It's a lot of stretching. It's a lot. And I got (laughs) asthma. I got bronchitis. You know? (laughs) But it's just like, those are my two. Those are freaking frack. And with Anaconda, I'm coming up with another character called Shade. Very dark. Very mysterious. Very, and the tagline is because she likes to throw it. (laughs) Get it? And I realized the music that I'm picking. It's like very much Deep House Club, Baltimore Club, very like angry. Um, so it sounds like you almost method act this kind of stuff. Yeah. Like, I mean, you get into it deep and become. You do. Like, I write a story about the acts that I'm performing. Like. What's the, what's the act that I do with the assholes? Uh, Fireball <laughs> by Pitbull. Yeah, I put a, I put pasties on my ass and I twerk it and they turn. <laughs> that shit's an art in itself. <laughs> and he's Mike is like, how the fuck did you do that? <laughs> it's magic, Mike. It's all oh, it's magic, Mike. Okay, it's magic. <laughs> but like. I made a character out of that, and my character was straight up fire. I'm an Aries, so fire, straight up fire. And I think I did it for a a, a holiday, for like a Christmas <laughs> show, a winter show. 
And they were like, why'd you choose that act? And I went, the heat miser. And I was like, you don't know the heat miser? And I was like, claymation, you don't remember? And someone went, oh my gosh, did you make this act off of the heat miser? And I was like, kinda. And I did. <laughs> it was an aspect. It was like, he made it, he's fire, he came through, and I love it. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the heat miser. Look it up. <laughs> look it up. You millennials, look it up. Look it up. <laughs> um, uh, the heat miser. The heat miser. So, Gigi, Molly, what? Someone who wants to, someone who's like interested in the arts. They're a great artist. Whatever. They might be. They're trying to do something. What would? You know, someone who's just beginning in the career, what would you try to say? Whether they want to be an administrator or they want to be a performer, anything that you could say, this is what I would have done, ever so slightly different or whatever, different. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, you know, I am over 40. So, you know, when I went to college uh, for my brief stint uh, there, I there was like sociology or communications were like the only degrees that anybody was getting. Uh now you can actually go to school for like music business. Like that's yeah. a degree. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Blows my mind. Yeah. But like that's a degree. Um, marketing. There's a lot of, you know, business. Like, you know, it's sometimes I, I you know, especially as an adult, I don't understand how the the people in my life, my teachers, my guidance counselor, the people that like saw me excelling in all the things I did, why they didn't like put me in a business school even at that age, I really don't understand. Uh, I feel like they probably failed me there, to be honest. But, uh, you know, uh, you know, you can put in 20 years worth of work and get there, too. But I feel like um, you, you got you got to put in the time, absolutely. And if you are interested in, in anything outside of what is being, like, served to you, like, don't be afraid to go get it. You know, don't be afraid to ask to go to business school instead. Um, you know, you got to just be willing to work. You know, that's that's really what it takes, you know. Um, I, you know, for me, I wouldn't really do anything different because I feel like, I feel like, you know, all of the jobs that I've had and all the experiences I've had in my life are what uh, made me, you know, able to do what I do now. I think, you know, the, the 500 classroom hours of special needs kids is very relevant with dealing with artists, mm. you know. Yeah, I mean, they, they they often cry for no reason. Straight and, up, man. Yeah. I love artists, and I like low key kind of hate artists, man. They're like so. I'm, I'm with you on that. They're so <laughs> difficult to work and with because they shit their pants. Well, it's yeah, just you know happens. what I mean. They're like kids. They're well, like they're, kids. They're great creative people, but they have very limited business experience, and so their expectations are always very unrealistic. And it's always difficult to deal with someone whose expectations are unrealistic, right? It doesn't matter what the agree, sure. agree, what the transaction is, agreed. It's it's never it's it's a difficult transaction, you know. Um, but artists are more emotional and they kind of like lash out. So they either love you or they like hate you. You know, there's like a what is that Erica Badu? I'm an artist, no. so I'm sensitive about my shit. Right. right. <laughs> and it's like I get it. You're sensitive about your shit, but let's talk about your shit. But hey, <laughs> at least she shows up on time for a gig. So you That's know, what? True. she could be as sensitive as she wants, but at least she's like. Getting the job done, done. You know exactly. what I mean? Like, I, I love Erica, but she's a bomb. But, um, yeah, I mean, you just gotta, you know, I, I wouldn't really do anything differently, but you just gotta put in, you gotta put in work and you gotta put in effort, even if you're a DJ, you know, you, you gotta go out, you gotta talk to people, you gotta see who's doing what, you gotta put yourself out there, you gotta never stop working, you know, I, I mentioned Snoop a lot because he's arguably probably like one of the most famous people in the world, mm -hmm. you know? 
He's not the most talented, insert whatever, but he's, you know, you go to anywhere in the fucking world, man, and you Ain't no put up Dog. a picture of his face, and they're going to, you know, grandmas to seven-year-olds know who Snoop is, right? And, like, that dude stays working, man. He he has not stopped working. Like, he's coaching kids. He's on television with Martha Stewart. He's on Ustream. Like, he never stops working, and he's a millionaire. He could have stopped yeah. working a long time ago. But, you know, that, that's his craft. That's his artistry. And he works really hard. So, like, you, as long as you know that you're always going to have to work hard and that it's never going to be easy, you'll be all right. But that really applies to the whole fucking universe, man. You know, I, I would say, you know, for artists to, to, keep thing, to keep one thing in mind is that, like, everybody on the planet struggles, you know? There's people that are excellent at their job, and they show up on time or even early every day for decades and shit who never have a room full of people clap for them or anyone ever tell them that they're doing a great job or anybody ever come to them with tears in their eyes and say hey man the way that you do your job makes me like saved my life last year right that never fucking happens it's not realistic right so when you're an artist and you're getting any kind of that like understand that millions of people like don't get any of that back. Millions of people are underappreciated. Millions of people are underpaid. Like that's kind of like the whole car, the cold hard reality of life. You know what I mean? Right. The, the 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 point you got to focus on is not what you're not getting, but like what you're doing because you are gonna have somebody come up with tears in their eyes and say, "You saved my life," or. Yes. You give me purpose, or it's the you, privilege of performing, it's right? The privilege of being an artist, and so you know, and you're gonna get validation constantly, you know. Uh, and people go years without any validation doing really important work, just different work. And so I think if everybody just, you know, if artists artists just got to get out of their own way sometimes. You know, you have to be a narcissist, but you also have to not be a narcissist. <laughs> You know, yeah. you have to focus, like, you have to know what your craft is, and you have to, like, practice it and excel at it and embrace it. Like, you can't be a dick about it, you know? Um, because otherwise, everything just becomes whitewashed, and everything is a problem, and nobody's just creating to make people happy. And it's like, you know, it's it's going to be a long, hard road, and it's going to be an uns- a road filled with uncertainty, but it's also going to be a road filled with, like, amazing beautiful things and you can change someone's life you can save someone's life with your with that song that you're gonna write or or that act that you're gonna do or you're right you know people watch you do that and they're like wow she's so brave like that makes me like you know maybe i'll wear that pink lip gloss tomorrow or whatever like you're empowering women to like yes. look at the world differently, look at themselves differently. And I'm also empowering also I realize the male gaze right. to be different. Right, that's true. You know, they think that a woman should look like this and here I am showing up Beyonce Brown right. <laughs> with a whole lot more curves than with her. With your ass twirling yeah, some pasties. Some, pasties. some assholes. And, <laughs> and being highly educated in Racking nerdy jokes with them. And I literally see white frat guys going, I'm going to marry this woman. <laughs> like, you see it. And You're breaking down racial barriers, barriers one yeah. twerk at a time. One twerk. Breaking down racial barriers, <laughs> one twerk at a time. 
Gigi Holiday. Bring in the I think you just made my intro like, next that's time. That's your new tagline. Like, new tagline. Oh, I sure. give you everything. Today. Exactly. Gems. I love it. Gems. Gems. And, <laughs> and you're just 100% right. We do have to step out of our way. For sure. We do. You know, I recently saw D. Devontees perform uh, at the Fillmore. And while wow, she was beautiful, gorgeous, rhinestones of the gods, costuming, production value, bam, bam, bam. She was lacking a little something for me. And I think it was heart. You know, having heart in your art means something. It's kind of like eating something that you know is really good. Like, I like that mac and cheese. And then we go, oh, that mac and cheese is terrible. It doesn't taste like my aunt's mac and cheese. Because your aunt's mac and cheese, she put her heart in it. And that's why everyone's mac and cheese, potato salad, whatever, I don't know, grits, whatever people were talking about on Facebook, that is different and, and, and makes you like, I won't eat that unless somebody makes that. It's because that somebody's putting their heart and their soul and their being into that. Exactly. There is love in that. And you have to create every act and create every art. It's love. It's an act of love. Even if the subject is sad, it's an act of love. It's You're giving yourself one piece at a time. For sure. Make sure that piece that you're giving is so worthwhile. Most definitely. Like, if I can go back on my past self about this, Ooh, honey, get a better laptop, honey. Just <laughs> get a better laptop. The admin work, the behind the scenes is what matters. You said it best. It's 90% behind the scenes, 10% in front. It's a lot of work. I would also tell myself, it's okay if you get rejected. It's okay if no one's yeah. going to like you. It's okay if you speak your mind. It's okay, I agree because you're gonna you're the type of person that's gonna kick down that door, kick it down, knock it out. I'm a full believer of knocking down doors. I've done it multiple times. Like, who knew that I would be at Howard Theater where my grandparents right used to hang out? Who knew that? Right. We only limit ourselves as much as we believe. I think you know. Right. Especially as women, you know. Because I'm, I'm an outspoken woman, but a lot of times, like, after I'll say something, and I'll be like, man, why don't you just, why don't you just shut the fuck oh up? God, yeah. Nobody wants to hear that shit, man. This is all self-discussion. And I'm like, wait, why? You know, why? Why can't, like, people are allowed to post about, like, Kim Kardashian, but I'm not allowed to have, like, a feeling, you know? Like, yeah. yeah you, you, like, you have to, like, talk yourself out of your own confidence, no matter how confident you are as a woman. But it's so important to, like... To do that because so many other women are so much shit. So many other women are watching. Yes. And uh and it's important to 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 be that change, you know. It's 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 important. Like I feel so weird about to ask this question. Clay, how does it feel to be a male in the arts? You know, that's a, that's a reasonable question for sure. Yeah. I mean, the vast majority of people who I deal with who are in the arts administration side especially are indeed female, but... I, I've never had, I never thought twice about it, really. Yeah. Honestly, awesome. I've never considered it. It's never been a thing. Like, it's never been a thing. It's just whatever, I mean, it's just whatever it is. It's the person I'm talking to. Generally, it's the person I'm emailing. So yeah. it's like, how right. when how many times have I spoken to these people? Maybe two or three or four. We email back and forth. And it's right. not a big deal. Nobody gets excited about it. It's, it, I mean, it's life. I assume that it is 
I don't know. It was just like it's just like talking to you. And, you yeah, know, it's, like, it's like text messaging. We're just you know we we're not formal. It's just what it is. Right. And so it and it's not it's not like it's a big deal. Um, I think it is might be different in different industries, but in the arts, people just kind of seem to roll that way. Right. And that's that that's great, and that's what makes it that that's what makes it what it is. That's what makes it exciting. I mean, it makes it the thing that like, you know. When I got a second tattoo on my lower arm, my parents got all excited about it. And I was like, yo, this might actually engender a conversation with someone who is going to make some shit happen for, you know, for me henceforth. So, yeah. You just, I you know, 100% agree with that. That's what makes it makes it more interesting to be in. Like, I've, I honestly get tattoos on my lower arm, so nobody will hire me who doesn't like tattoos on your lower arms. Yeah. That's why so, I got this neck tattoo that says. Oh, a neck tattoo fuck really does. It. That really <laughs> does. <ironic. laughs> that's that's Just kidding. That's how that that'll do it for you, man. <laughs> that would totally do it. You've you will only work at like very ethnic businesses. My own. Like, <laughs> yeah. can we think of a place you would work if you had that tattoo? I don't I know. Say I'd hire you. Like, <laughs> like, I'm gonna say like maybe a. I don't even want to call some occupation out for fear that I'll get an email. Yeah, no, we I, should just leave that alone. Yeah, yeah, I'm not going to call any occupations feel, out at all. I yeah. feel bad, but I would just be like, yo, any person is bold enough to put that on right. there. They're probably bold enough to do some other shit that I may be really excited I don't know, about. Watch list for, but you know, <laughs> right. watch list. See, I but, mean, see, people people always say to me, they're like, well, that's not very feminist of you, or that's not very. But they don't understand. I really lean more towards stand-up comedian than feminist. So I, w- I don't actually have a neck tattoo that says "fuck whitey," but that would be hilarious. I really had to point that out. It's a good point. It's a good I'm, idea. I'm a, I'm a bad feminist, a terrible bad feminist. Um, like I will talk about yes, feminist this, but if I hear "don't stop, pot that pussy, let me see you do the," I will be twerking all over this motherfucking place and ask y'all to throw dollar bills at my ass. That's saying something. But you know what? I still like two live crew. <laughs> I don't think there's a better way to end this whole thing <laughs> than that right there. <laughs> Have Unless you any thoughts got, on the uh, matter? Some two live crew. You I mean, if somebody can s- pull that shit up. It's something about it. But yeah, no. Like I wanted to say, yeah, being a, a woman of color doing this shit. I've learned to drink a lot of whiskey. Yeah. Because you don't want to get no foo-foo drink. Like, I'm not going to lie. Like, I'm not going to order a Cosmo. No. I'm going to order a whiskey and look at the bar manager like, so you're going to book my show here, right? And then take a shot and stare at them. And they're just like, yeah, all right, what night you want? Stare them down. Two live crew. Good to know. Looks like Mike's looking for it too. Okay, he's like, no. You got it back there. No, he's not looking no, for two no live crew. crew. Mike's like, I'm ready to go home. He's on Pinterest, <laughs> Facebook. <laughs> You're looking for my Amazon. <laughs> All right, so let's uh, let's finish up here just by let 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 everybody plug themselves just so we can because what kind of contribution to the arts would it be if we didn't plug ourselves? So, um, Gigi, go ahead and start. All right, what you got coming up? Alrighty, I have a show with Johnny Graves, uh, March 11th, no, March 10th at the Black Cat. We also have, uh, you know, just follow me on G-I-G-I-H-O-L-L-I-D-A-Y. 
Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat. What else can kid? What else did the kids got? I don't even know. You, I, did, know. I couldn't even tell you what my thing was earlier. So tender. I, I mean, don't ask me at Look, all. Look, tender. I don't know. Uh, it might bring one or two people, right? Tender, Bumble. Sure. I'm trying to get married. <laughs> okay. Knock on wood. No, I'm not trying to get married. I just really want someone to roll my blunts while I make them crock pot meals. Hi, my name is Clay. (laughs) Very nice to meet you. (laughs) Very nice to meet you. Excellent blunt roller. (laughs) Excellent. The best. All right, Just call me Garcia. (laughs) Vega. Um, Anyway, uh, uh, Molly, (laughs) Molly, that's you over there. Oh, uh, the uh, the plug, uh, One Love Massive. You can find us on MySpace and Flickr. I'm just kidding. Flickr? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I know, right? Um, one Love Massive, uh, onelovemassive.com, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Google Plus. <laughs> Google Plus. <laughs> Google Plus. <laughs> Google Wave. Uh, MySpace. Snapchat, MySpace, yeah. Flickr. You know what? You know what's hotmail, ir- hotmail, you know, hotmail. That's right. You know what's ironic is that um, just the other day I got an email from DCRA. Shout out to DCRA, um, asking, uh, uh, letting the community know that they could, um, we could follow their work uh, by following their account on Flickr. That was a real thing. Flickr. So make sure you uh, get on to the uh, DCRA Flickr account. I bet you it's a hotbed of activity. Sounds uh, so Probably a lot of permitting uh, style pictures. Uh, mm. Probably a lot of, you know, red tape, I would imagine. Lots of pictures of red tape. Uh, probably like two, Some actually, redacted for stuff. like the last seven months. But um, I'm sure it's fantastic. So shout out to DCRA for uh, adapting to the uh, electronic community of 2017. What, what? MySpace.com <laughs> forward slash DCRA. Black Planet. I'm going to set up a DCRA <laughs> MySpace page just to like, well, I didn't say that. Edit this out later. Mike. But no, Black Black Planet was black like, play- black, black Planet was social media. I had a Black Planet page. The see, time. you look like you would have a Black Planet page. <laughs> there was also Hilarious. Black Planet Asian Avenue. That's, oh Let's like I knew all of them because I had a profile on all of them. Cause all my friends were all on all exactly. That was before Facebook. Like pose, like squatting yes, down. Yeah, squatting of the down. You got the booty shots, which is your ass out. It was all text based. It was so text based. Great. Yeah, that. That's when you first learned coding. That's right. Oh man. Yeah. Like <laughs> MySpace actually just turned a whole generation into coders because you Yo! could like make your page all crazy. That's really what. Had happened. some hearts and shit. <laughs> yeah. Like <laughs> fish. Digital yes. fish swimming by. You can't fucking do that with no. Facebook. No. You get a video profile now. Yeah. That's all you get. That's pretty good. Is that yours? No. It should be. I don't. robot? No. Angry like, robot? I have one friend who was like twerking, twerking, jump split, and that's hers. And I'm like, damn. Son? I would just be. I'm going to have to pizza. pay a stunt double for that. <laughs> yeah, I may just put <gasps> pizza on my. That's a brilliant So, what idea. you going to name your move when you pull it off? What are you going to name your move? I'm not going to name that move. I'm going to just eat pizza on my video. W. That's a move. This is back and forth. That's soup, a move. Soup dumpling supreme. That's some <laughs> jumbo that's some slice move. realness. <laughs> <laughs> the original <laughs> jumbo slice. The original thousand calories. So much grease. Oh man. Yeah. What well, DC's known for jumbo slices of mumbo sauce. That's terrible. <laughs> 
jumbo slice. Actually, I had some friends visit from Norway, and uh, I said we were in Adams Morgan, and I took them to lunch bars. We got drunk, and then we went to the jumbo slice place, and uh, we brought them out, and they opened the box, and they laughed so hard they were crying. <laughs> they were like. What is wrong with you Americans? Like, they were crying. <laughs> they were laughing so... They just got over the box, laughing all over again. They were like, you're so... This is absurd. This is so American. It like, is this is the epitome. so absurd. It's a quarter of a fucking giant pie. But it pie. so many drunk people on Adam's Morgan. Oh, my God. <laughs> every time I think of Jumbo Slice, I remember those guys, and it, and it makes me giggle because it's so true. I was like, yeah, you kind of got a point. It's like uh-huh. the most ridiculous piece of pizza. It's like a bed sheet. What's it's, the one? It's do- bigger than the towel they give you at Spa yes. World. What is it? Like, legit. Duchini's is the one that's the purple and white one that's like up the street. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Like some chick for Halloween dressed as a Duchini's pizza person. Because <laughs> some real heroes don't wear capes. And I was dying. You know? <laughs> I was like, you are the best human ever. Seriously. <laughs> that's awesome. Jumbo slice. I'm going to not get one, even though there's one. Nah. Maybe I'll meet you there. All righty. It's, it's just a whole pizza. No it's a whole pizza. We can share a pizza it is. It's like bigger than an and pizza. A whole pot. It's, it's an and pizza. It is. We, we really could just lay down and roll around on it, really. You could. I mean, if take we had a nap to, on that motherfucker. You could take a nap on that shit, I've sure. seen drunk people do that on Adam's Morgan. Right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Right. I mean, have you seen the rats around Adam's Morgan? Which ones? The ones that the ones that eat the, the jumbo ones they drive in from Virginia, looking the... like motherfucking splinter, <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, I'm just saying, jumbo slices, you guys, a thousand calories, but it's worth it. So, Cheap I guess that's the that's the it. outro is that a is um, discount or not a discount, but an advertisement for jumbo slice. Right. Shout out to our future. That's our outro. <laughs> Jumbo slice. Jumbo slice. Don't forget us. We'll be calling you next week. Think about week. the festival, Jumbo Slice. We I got your you. number. I got your number. Shout out to Norway. Late. <laughs> All right. All right.